0: I hate the beach. I've never wanted to go to the beach, but I woke up in the sand with my pregnant wife beside me. She was smiling and pointing towards the horizon where an animal in the open water was running towards us on the shore. Now this animal, it shared no common features with any animal I had ever seen up until that point. In fact, I only referred to it as an animal as a matter of convenience. It was obviously more than an it. It was alive, this creature. That was the only thing I could say about it with absolute certainty. It was alive in the water, and it was running towards us on the shore. Then even that gets a little dodgy. I mean running, you know. It had no legs. Still, the damn thing wasn't swimming. It was more like gliding three feet above the water. The creature gave me no time to contemplate what it was how it moved, because the creature crossed the sea to my wife and me in under three seconds. And when it did, It spoke to us in plain English. People call me the bone fucker, it screamed, because if they don't, I fuck their bones. So I replied, hello bone fucker, and my goodly wife waved daintily, and the bone fucker persisted. People ask me what animal the bone fucker is most like, and the bone
1: fucker says a rhino, said the bone fucker. Not because we share any common physical features, but because the rhino, like the Bonefucker,
0: cannot move backwards, only forwards." I replied to the Bonefucker, "'I believe you're thinking of sharks.'" "'I do not like sharks!' screamed the Bonefucker. "'Why?' I asked him, to which the Bonefucker replied simply, "'No bones.'" "'You're right about that,' I told the bonefucker. "'And I saw a collection of thin, thread-like tendrils begin to flutter back and forth "'on what I believed but could not say for sure was the front of the bonefucker. "'What I believed was that this was what constituted a bonefucker's smile.' "'Having won him over,' I said to the bonefucker, "'Say, bonefucker, taking count of all the people you've met, "'how many, by percentage, would you say you have bonefucked?' "'The bonefucker replied,' Two out of five? No, I screamed to the bonefucker. Yaha! he screamed in reply. I said, two out of five is too many, bonefucker. Bonefucker said, it's not. Well, am I correct, bonefucker, in assuming that when you fuck someone's bones, you in turn fuck them to death? Bonefucker replied, of course you are. I said, wouldn't you agree that two out of five is too many people out of five to fuck the bones of? Bonefucker said, it's not. I said, Bonefucker, it's almost most. Bonefucker thought about this. He said, I guess it all depends on whether you believe that we only live one time or not. My pregnant wife and I exchanged a confused look, and though the Bonefucker had no eyes to speak of and no mouth to speak with, when he spoke, I could sense he had seen our confusion. The Bonefucker elaborated,
1: Look. If you believe that we only live a single lifetime, then yeah, I could see how you might think it's unfair for someone to experience a tragedy, like murder, or the agony of childbirth, or having your bones fucked. But if you believe that the soul experiences many lifetimes in many different bodies, then for one life to end tragically in, say, the fucking of one's bones, it's not even really a tragedy at all. It's more like a learning experience
0: for the soul. And I said, now, bone fucker, surely you're not trying to suggest that the fucking of one's bones is a virtuous act.
1: Did I say that? And did I say that?
0: Squelched the indignant bone fucker, to which my wife finally spoke up.
1: That's kind of what I heard.
0: Now the bone fucker felt provoked, he said.
1: Then you better clean out those little ears that I'm so jealous of and listen, bitch. I said having your bones fucked is a tragedy. No one's denying that. It's your whole orientation towards the tragedy of death and dying that I don't agree with. I, I, I see tragedy as an opportunity to build knowledge through experience. Experience is the lens through which we understand the soul. So the, the experience of tragedy is not an aberration
0: which ruins life,
1: but the substance which gives life meaning.
0: I said, but bonefucker... If the tragedy in question is a particularly gruesome bone-fucking which results in the end of one's life, that's a horse of a different color entirely. The bone-fucker grunted. Well,
1: I'll break that horse all the same, cowboy, because as I said, everything we're talking about depends on whether we live one time or not. I believe that we live out in sequence of lifetimes until our soul experiences the full knowledge of itself. I like to think that the soul chooses whether or not to live a tragic lifetime based on whether or not it's ready to gain perspective on tragedy. It is a tragedy to be fucked in the bones, yes, especially if it's happening to a young child, but if the experience produces a more virtuous soul, then yes, I'd consider the bonefucker in question to have played his part, or hers, in the service of a virtuous act.
0: I said bonefucker, you just said it's virtuous right there. You said bonefucking is a virtuous act. The beginning of your argument contradicts its own conclusion. And the bonefucker contorted two conical appendages which hung out of his bonefucker sack in what appeared to be his approximation of a shrug. Then the bonefucker said, This
1: place is only a dream. Only a sleeper considers it real. Then death comes like dawn, and you wake up laughing at what you
0: thought was your grief. I said, now bonefucker, perhaps we should try and get it a little clearer what we're talking about here. You know, are are, are we disputing the ethical implications of bonefucking in the abstract? Or are you now revealing to me your own complex matrix of religious beliefs in which the living soul has hidden properties and mystical intentions which are only apparent to bonefuckers such as yourself? And the bonefucker replied, Listen, man, you can tell me I'm in
1: the matrix. You can tell me my faith is a mystical story to help me to get to bed at night. But I identify with my story more than all
0: your Christian stories put together. And I resented that the Bonefucker just assumed we were Christian until the Bonefucker produced a fleshy obelisk from within its inner shelf and used it to point at the rosary which my pregnant wife was wearing. Then, as abruptly as the Bonefucker did anything, the Bonefucker came clean. He said, That was roomy
1: earlier. I said, What? He said, That thing I said about this place being a dream and waking up and laughing in grief? That was a quote from Rumi earlier. I guess I, I kind of passed it off as my own original thought.
0: Now I was feeling provoked. I said, no, bone fucker. You did pass it off as an original thought. If you're going to apologize for wrongdoing, commit to the apology and be contrite, god damn it. Don't tiptoe. You deceived us into thinking
1: you had a way with words. You thought I had a way with words. Really, I had my way with you.
0: I said, now we're talking. That's off the cuff, Bonefucker. That's your voice. Yours is a folksy charm. Once again, the Bonefucker gestured his fleshy obelisk at my wife. So what? She's pregnant? I said, yeah. And my wife said,
1: The doctors think it's a boy, but I think it's a girl.
0: And the Bonefucker replied, Really? Because I think it's an orphan. I said, whoa. Bonefucker said,
1: Sorry. I couldn't resist the turn of phrase.
0: I feel like I really want to impress you guys. I said, I don't think you'd say that in order to impress us. To depress us, maybe. And the bone fucker said,
1: maybe. I'm pretty sure that my soul chose to drop me in this lifetime so that I could be here on this beach to either depress or impress
0: you. Then my pregnant wife began screaming because she was giving birth to our little girl. I said, Bonefucker, get help!
1: He said, I can't, I can't move backwards. I I said, you came from the ocean, the hospitals are all in front of you. And the Bonefucker said, I didn't come here from the ocean. I came here to
0: impress you. The Bonefucker's thread-like tendrils shifted madly to one side of what I was no longer certain was his face. If they'd been his smile before, they were a grimace now. He lifted his conical appendages out of his bonefucker's sack and he used them to cut his own fleshy inner obelisk in half. Finally, the bonefucker revealed the one physical trait he had in common with other animals. He bled. He bled a lot. As my wife screamed from the agony of childbirth, the bonefucker dripped his bonefucker blood into her mouth. Then my wife stopped screaming because of the properties in a bonefucker's blood, which make childbirth easy. The bonefucker no longer hovered three feet above the sand. He fell into the beach, for the slightest injury to a bonefucker's obelisk is tragically fatal. The bonefucker slunk towards me, and with his dying breath, he whispered into my little ears, which he was so jealous of. I never know what to say to a
1: person who believes life is cruel who believes that their personal tragedies are the ordinance of a cruel god who believes in good and evil and punishment. When people speak that way, honestly, I fall silent. I don't want to become yet another devil denying the virtues of their righteous god, who is absolutely good even as he closes the fist of evil around their lives but I will say that if your god is truly infallible and his plan truly divine surely I am a part of that plan surely I am not evil but a perfect actor playing his part
0: and fucking his bones Just think about that, he said. And I did think about that as I pulled my screaming baby into the world from her mother's canal. Tears touched my nose. I think I'll name you Bonefucker, I whispered, after the most impressive bonefucker that I have ever... I felt a cold sting jut through my gut as the bonefucker punched his mutilated obelisk through my stomach. I laid down in the sand, my smiling wife beside me. I watched as her face underwent a series of ghoulish contortions because of the properties in a bonefucker's blood which make you turn into a bonefucker. I watched from the sand as her smile turned into a series of thread-like tendrils and though her misfortune brought me the deepest sadness I'd known up until that point, I felt a certain relief knowing, once and for all, that the thread like tendrils were in fact a bone fucker's smile. Her little ears fell right off of her head and into the sand which she now floated three feet above, and I squeezed my little daughter tight in my arms as tears touched my nose. I said, Never mind about the name. Now you're Megan. And you... Are an orphan. I placed Megan as far away from my wife as I could safely toss her, for my wife was no longer my pregnant wife, but a bona fide bone fucker, using all six of her conical appendages to fuck the shit out of my bones. There are 206 bones in the human body. She fucked all of them, and through my agony, I prayed to God. I prayed for my daughter. I I prayed that she would be one of those lucky two out of five people who this new bone fucker left unbone fucked. Having had time to think about it, two out of five didn't seem like such bad odds. Where at the beginning of the day, I saw the glasses almost mostly empty, my conversation with the bone fucker left me seeing the glass as half unfucked. And if fate should have it that my infant daughter is bone fucked to death by her own mother, I should only pray that it wasn't a matter of fate. I pray that God or the devil or fate or whatever other name you have for the author of the story of everything did not write this chapter in my daughter's life. I pray that the bone fucker was right and that somewhere over the rainbow, once upon a time my infant daughter had chosen this tragic end for herself so that her soul might learn what it meant to die in the most meaningless, idiotic, grotesquely tragic way possible. If she meant for it to happen, perhaps this whole crazy bone-fucked story would mean something. So, I sat there on the beach and prayed that my prayers were meaningless. I prayed right up until my wife fucked the 205th bone in my body and asked,
1: Do you have any last words?
0: I said the first thing that came into my mind. I really hate the beach. She detached my skull as a trophy and added it to her rosary. Within three seconds, she was gliding across the Atlantic and towards the dawn, fucking my mandible all the while. And as all thought fled my thoroughly fucked head. I was left with a glimmer of hope, the hope that I was about to wake up and realize that the grief which I thought was my life was a dream.